Hey, happy Friday. I know you were not expecting me to put out an episode today, but this is my Black Friday gift to you. So since you have this free gift now, stay at home. Well, I guess you're going to stay at home anyways. Close your computer. Don't go shopping. You guys have them free. Enjoy it. <laughs> now do what you want to do. I'm, I'm not going to stop you from shopping, but I want to give you all this gift, this surprise episode. I realized I've booked the rest of this year out already with a bunch of other ideas I had, and I did have a place for this really interesting conversation I had with today's guest. So I thought I'd share it with you all as a bonus episode. So I hope you all had a safe, healthy Thanksgiving with your family and I hope you enjoy this special episode. This is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. You know, today I wanted to talk to you all about the fact that we have such a difficult time talking about money. And I think so often we find that we don't want to be judged or shamed or we don't want to feel stupid. There's all these, these emotions that come into why we don't feel comfortable talking about money with anyone, even like our closest friends. I feel like sometimes it's even hard to talk to people we've known for the, the longest amount of time. And to help me walk through this conversation, I'm joined by Zena Kumak. How's it going today? Hey, Chris. Good to have you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on your I, show. I said that like I'm... <laughs> it's honestly probably been a year since I've been on a podcast, so I'm just clearly out of, the, out of my rhythm. It's okay. You know, hey, it's, it is a very weird time, and we're going to talk about a very weird topic today. Uh, and just to give everyone a little background on you, you are a personal finance freelance writer for mm-hmm. a bunch of different outlets, Business Insider, Forbes, and Mint. Uh, but the reason why this whole topic came up is because you are a certified financial health counselor. And I asked you, I was like, what is that? I've never heard that, <laughs> that title before. And so if you can explain to everyone what that is, because I don't want to butcher the, uh, the definition or the explanation of what a financial health counselor is. Yeah, so it's basically having that background and that knowledge in personal finance topics like student loans, credit cards, building a credit score, you know, all that general personal finance knowledge and being able to talk to people with empathy, with understanding and helping them break down the barriers of communication. So they're not scared to share, you know, how much student loan debt they have, how much credit card debt they have, um, because money is one of the last taboos, you know, people don't Mm. mind talking about politics, um, people talk about religion. Um, I think there was a study that said that people are more comfortable sharing how many sexual partners they've had (laughs) than how much debt they have. Both say a lot about you, but um, you'd think that, you know, in a time, especially now when a lot of people are struggling, millions of people are struggling, that we would be more honest and open with each other. But there's still so much shame around that. Yeah, it is. And it's it's one of those things where I don't know why there's so much shame built up around the topic of talking about personal finance. When you've, when you've spoken with people, what ends up coming out of those conversations? What is the reason you found that people are so hesitant to talk about what's going on with their finances? I honestly think a big part of it is that people feel that they should be doing better than they are or that mm. they, they should have achieved something. I I had a client who was making six figures and here in Indianapolis, making six figures is a great salary. Even if you're single, it's plenty, enough money to live on. And she was living paycheck to paycheck. And 
she was someone who I tried to help her and show her, you know, where she could cut back and some strategies. She kind of felt like, well, I work hard. I earn a good living. I have a good salary. I deserve the BMW, the penthouse apartment, the subscription services, all these things. And so I think it's a combination of people thinking I shouldn't be in this position and just not wanting to admit to themselves where they really are and to ask for help. I think it's hard to look at yourself and admit that maybe you're not where you thought you should be or you've made some mistakes. And I found that too when I've talked to some people who will be open with me about money because I, I try to be open and uh, you know say this is what's going on with me. This is what I've dealt with. Um, that a lot of times that's what they, they tell me is that, you know, I, I feel like I should be in a better place. Mm-hmm. I feel like I sh- I've made some bad decisions and, you know, I've set myself back and I'm just, you know, I'm, this is it. I've, I've ruined everything and this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And it, it's that it's that overwhelming shame that yeah. kind of makes us lock ourselves away and not want to talk about any of this. It's this big monster that's hiding in your closet. And I think people just think it's too overwhelming and it's too much to handle. Mm. And I think some people suspect that ignorance is bliss and that it's better if they don't know everything that they've done wrong or they're doing wrong. Mm. Yeah. It's like, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't really look at it all, it doesn't really exist. And I know I've been there. Like, like I try to be open and say, hey, I've had a bunch of debt that I didn't need to have. I had, we had $27,000 in credit card debt after we got married and it didn't, we didn't need to have that. That, that was a mistake. We, we paid for the wedding with credit cards. We paid for furniture with credit cards. We mm-hmm. weren't being responsible. And it felt like I, I, I dealt with that shame for a long time that it felt like I set myself back so many years and could I recover mm-hmm. from this? And where would I, where would I be if I wouldn't have done this? And you just get in your head and you start to beat yourself up and you don't want to tell anyone about it. And shame is not a motivating factor. No, it, it's been proven whether you're trying to lose weight or save money, whatever goal you have, beating yourself up does not motivate you. But it's so hard to get out of that cycle, especially if you're not asking for help from outside sources. If you're overthinking it in your mind and just beating yourself up, you're not going to want to do better. So what do you suggest? Like when, if someone's stuck in their head and they're like, you know, I'm horrible. I've done all these mistakes. What, what, what? Are you just in this, this hole of just despair and shame? What do you recommend like for someone to help get themselves out of that? Because you need to kind of lift yourself out of that sit- or get out of that situation in order to start making changes. Because if not, you kind of just want to sit in it and just let life happen. One thing that, that, pe- that our researchers have found to be helpful is imagine yourself uh, as a much older person. So if you're in your 30s, imagine yourself in your 70s and imagine what that person wants. You know, what are they retired? If so, what kind of retirement do they want? This helps you build empathy for your future self. And you think, oh, well, I want my future self to be retired at 75. I don't want them to be working 40 hours a week and commuting and only having three weeks of vacation every year. I want them to have more freedom, be able to travel and volunteer. I would have that in your head as you're trying to go through and make changes. It's so hard to make changes for today. You know, if you're trying to save money or pay off debt, and maybe today that means not getting takeout and eating leftovers again. And maybe it's leftovers of a meal you're not enjoying. To keep that in your mind of, well, I'm doing this for a reason. You know, there's a concrete person and that's what's in my head. 
I think it's also important to start small and to break down goals into actionable steps. You know, if you wanted to pay off $27,000 of credit card debt, you're not going to do that in a day or a week or a month. No. (laughs) But what you could do is say, okay, well, can I transfer some of that debt onto a card with 0% interest and maybe save some money that way? Can I get a personal loan at a lower interest rate? You know, these are all tangible things that you can do. And I think that's what really trips people up is that payoff debt is this really big, scary goal that is hard to quantify. So I always like to tell people to make smart goals, you know, uh, specific, measurable, actionable, uh, time related and relevant goals. So if we're trying to pay off credit card debt, you know, see if there are any expenses you can cut, you know, see if you can get a lower interest rate, you know, see if you can trim your budget a little bit. But I think what goes along with that is you have to let go of what happened in the past. You know, Mm. that that money is spent, it's gone, but what can you do today and tomorrow to set yourself up for a better future? I love that. I love that. That is a great way to think about that. Now, I really um, love the point you, you mentioned about thinking of your future self Mm-hmm. As like a different person, because it made me think like me at like I'm 33 right now. Me at 15 is a completely different person. <laughs> We're not even the same person, two different people. Yeah. And, it, and it's almost like that you in the future, your old retired self or you're hopefully the person you want to be retired and relaxing. That's a different person. They're going to be, you know, you're not going to be the same now as you were, you know, 40, 50 years in the future. And so it's like, how would you want that person to be taken care of? How would you want that person to be treated and, and kind of looking out for your future self and not making mm-hmm. it about the you right now. Cause it's easy to get stuck in, you know, the right now and dealing with all the nonsense yes. we have to deal with. If you're having trouble with that scenario, you know, think about your grandparents, think about your parents, think about what kind of retirement they had or what, what their uh, senior years were like, you know, there's a lot of seniors living in poverty who yeah. have to work until their seventies and just imagining, you know, a real older person, you know, I think that can also make it more real if you're if you're having trouble envisioning yourself when you're older. Yeah. And if you're like, <laughs> like I'm never going to be old. If you're one of those people, it's like, OK, think about someone else you'd want to have taken care of. And how would you help that person? How would you help that person? out? Like if your, yeah. your parents or your grandparents were struggling, you, you would want to help them out. You would do what you could. And, and if you're married, you know, imagine your spouse older. Like, what do you want for them? You know, if if you are married to someone who works a, a stressful job or maybe it's manual labor, you know, how do you want them to be taken care of when they're older? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we want the best for everyone else. We should also want it for ourselves. And maybe that'll help get us out of that that pit of despair. That's what we call it. The yeah. pit of despair. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I know when I, we were dealing with that, I felt like I was in the pit of despair. I just hated every moment of it and felt like it would never end. Um, and sometimes, you know, you need you need a little help breaking yourself out of that. For sure. Zena, if people want to hear more of this great information from you, if they want to reach out to you or connect with you in different ways, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is for them to go on my website, ConsciousCoins.com, and they can schedule a free 15-minute coaching call with me or sign up for a paid session. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Zena Kumak. And I like to dispense money advice there regularly for free, no charge. And uh, shoot me a message if you have a specific question. I'd love to help. And I've known Zena for a while now. I like you much better now that you're not a Laker fan. But uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. And it's uh, great to finally have you on the show. Yeah, boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.